Dude, I would love to wake up next to you, Spencer. <laughs> happy goddamn 50th, man. I won't tell anybody else, but happy birthday, dude. So when I turned 25, I tried to smoke a quarter ounce of weed to my head. Uh, that worked out crazy. When I turned 32, I got a bunch of 32-ounce beers, and we all had a big party. When I turned 40, I got a bunch of 40s, 40-ounce bottles of beer, and we all had a big party. So what are you going to do when you turn 50, man? <laughs> what, half, half? The reason I try to smoke a quarter ounce that didn't make sense is because 25 is a quarter century. That's how my mind works. I'm a weird dude. But yeah, 50, half a century, man. What's 50? I don't know. You'll figure it out. Anyway, dude, I hope you have a fantastic birthday. You deserve it. You're, yeah, man. You're my hunk of hunk of burning love. Peace out. Come, our elders will welcome you. <laughs> he was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. I make a part in about time too about not playing the end. Spencer do a trick because you're incapable. Hello, Spencer here, aka Free For All. This is Keep Off the Borderlands. That was Joe Richter from Wheel of Woe and Hindsightless. Kicking off the show there with birthday greetings. Thank you very much for that, man. Yeah, as for what to treat myself to on a 50th, I don't know, um, maybe eat half a cake to myself. That's about as extreme as it gets for me. <laughs> but thanks for your message, man. There are a few things I wanted to talk about, but I'm kind of struggling to put this episode together. I wanted to talk a bit about the great time I've been having playing Old School Essentials run by Dave Aldridge. Uh, that's been so much fun, in fact, that the next session, which is on the evening of my 50th birthday, I think I'm going to have to find an excuse to play in that one because not only did we end on a great cliffhanger last time, but personally... I can't think of anything I'd rather be doing. Is that a lack of imagination on my part? Quite possibly. Is it extremely sad? Almost certainly. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's what I want to do, goddammit. I wanted to get this out before my birthday. I'm just going to share and respond to a few messages I've received. Hey Spencer, Jason here. I wish you a happy birthday early and I won't mention it again. I recently had one myself and yeah, not when you get old it's not something to talk about. Anyhow, the um, Palladium Rules. So maybe I did a bad job or maybe I should have read more of it. But it's not you're either good or you're bad. There's also that there's also selfish and what he does in those rules is he replaces neutral with selfish saying you know you'd have those selfish tendencies of self-preservation and looking out for your own good kind of thing so but let me point that out it looks like the dogs are active so i will call you back with the rest of the message
Yep, no need to get into real-world politics, but I agree with you. Moderation is usually the best course. I think there are some things it's worth being extreme about, but this is not the show to go into that. What I will go into is you came across that thing by Jason Vey, and he is actually, if you're going to go along this journey to Chainmail and OD&D, Jason Vey is an important touchstone. So he has a website called gray-elf.com, gray being spelled with an E. And he, that's actually his company. And he sells a game that's basically a kind of an OD&D retro clone using Chainmail for the rule system, for the combat system. It's called Spellcraft and Swordplay, but I think a second edition's coming out, so you may not want to buy it quite yet. I'm not sure. I'll try to get with him and verify that. But he has a bunch of other great resources on his site. So I highly urge anybody interested in this chainmail conversation to go to gray-elf.com. Again, gray was with an E. And he's got, he had set up a Hyboria campaign, Age of Conan game, using OD&D with chainmail. And he has all those rules up on his site, which are pretty great. And then he has a bunch of other, and all this, all that stuff's free. So he has a bunch of free stuff out there that, that's really cool. And then, like I say, he has some stuff he sells on DriveThruRPG through Grey Elf. And um, it looks interesting. Uh, but like I say, I saw a note someplace that says he's working on a second edition, so I don't know if it makes sense to buy his spellcraft and swordplay right now. I'll try to reach out to him. He is, or at least he was active on the various forums, like... ODD 74 and Knights and Knave and Dragon's Foot. He was active on those forums for a while. I'm not sure if he's still on there. I think he is. So, so I'll try to track him down and find out. Hope that helps. And as far as your ranged combat, I'm sure I'm just being dense. So and let, if nobody else has complained, I probably wouldn't worry about it. I'm sure you've got plenty of other reviews that praise it. So it's probably just Jason. So anyhow, like I say, talk to you later. Oh, Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I feel like I missed out on some top dog action there. Um, yeah, as for those, the Palladium alignment thing, replacing neutral with selfish. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think he may have mentioned that at the time. I just didn't pick up on it. But thanks very much for the recommendation of the Jason Vay stuff. I'll certainly head over there and check that out. As for reviews of Ossia Pura, uh, nothing as yet. Just a few disgruntled messages from some guy who can't figure out how the ranged combat works. <laughs> Having said that, um, somebody actually did rate it five stars and somebody paid for it as well, which is, uh, well, I've made it now, haven't I? And uh, yeah, as for the birthday wishes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that, okay? Hey, Spencer, it's Laren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. Um, yeah, I was listening to your response to my messages, and I don't know. I mean, I thought it was very interesting that there's a game where neutral alignment isn't permitted. Like, really? I don't... It, it sort of... All of that sort of rolls together with my feelings about superhero movies where, like, there's good and there's evil. And, and you know, there have been movies where they made more of an effort to make the evil guy uh, relatable or somebody that you care what happens to him. Uh, I just, you know, Age of Ultron is a movie that I always think of when I think of that because of, I, I mean, 
I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself, oh, goody, another superhero movie. I mean, I don't hate them or anything. Uh-oh, I'll be back. But I have to say that I was really, uh, it really gave me pause, the development of the character of Ultron and some of the things he said about humanity. And, and I actually didn't watch Infinity War, so I'm not sure what all Thanos said. But I know my son saw it and he absolutely hated it. Uh, my son who's on the spectrum and I, I from what he said Thanos had sort of some of the same feelings but I don't know I'm I I find myself thinking that so many people don't want to think about human nature or how they relate to the world beyond uh what they do um it's kind of like I wonder if that doesn't play a part in why the divorce rate is so high in this country. Anyway, I could go on and on about this, so I'll stop there. But thanks for a great episode. I look forward to hearing about the new baby. Hey, Liren. Liren from Updates from the middle of nowhere there. And yeah, quite a few of those films in the MCU have uh, an interesting take on um, villains. You've got um, Killmonger from Black Panther played by uh, Michael B. Jordan. You could really see where he was coming from. Sadly, we lost the actor Chadwick Boseman, who played Black Panther. We lost him a few months ago. Very, very sad. Um, and um, yes, Thanos did... Well, I mean, his plan was uh, certainly rather drastic, basically attempting to save the universe by destroying half of the people living in it but one of the films that i found most interesting was captain america civil war where you had the team split right down the middle fighting each other both believing themselves to be on the side of good uh, which i thought made made for a very interesting film and one one of the things i really liked about the alignment descriptions from that Epe and Sorcellery was that absence of good and evil that absence of a kind of a moral judgment which suggests to me that you could quite possibly have a party of mixed alignment who could effectively work together I mean they might be doing what they're doing for different ends but they would certainly be able to hold those beliefs without necessarily being at odds with each other. I don't know. It certainly seems more possible than a more traditional approach to alignment, perhaps. And I wasn't sure if that's what you were getting at with the reference to the divorce rates, um, where you were alluding to sort of a lack of a willingness to compromise perhaps but um like you said let's leave that there but thanks very much for your call Liren. and i just wanted to say that Liren and her husband jeff collier from the time of all dooms really made my day on sunday when a little parcel arrived they'd actually bought me a birthday present and unwrapped it to find a copy of uh, Monster of the Week and a card game called For the Queen, 
and <laughs> just I don't know. I'm still pretty flabbergasted that uh, you would do that for me. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. You, I mean, I think about the position you are in, all the stuff that you've got going on in your lives right now, and you would think to do that for me. That was just, just incredible. Uh, such wonderful, thoughtful people. Um, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for that. A real, real lovely surprise. Thank you so much, guys. Spencer, it's Cody. I just wanted to call in in advance because I'm really bad with these kind of things and wish you a happy birthday. Um, I know it's in nine days, but I'm just going to get it out of the way right now. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, congratulations on living to the ripe age of 50. That's really impressive. You know, if you think about it, like, three or 400 years ago, we were having a hard time as like a species living to that age. So back then you would have been like a revelator or a shaman type person because of your old age. So congratulations. Um, anyway, here's happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Spencer. Happy birthday to you. The delightful vocal talents of Cody M there, of no say for you and I've got to say, what a beautiful silk gown you're wearing. A little bit revealing for my taste, but if you've got it, flaunt it. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. An absolute delight. Cheers. Hello Spencer, many on here Rob, um, on alignment I think whatever works at your table is, is good, I mean as long as the, yeah as long as it um, has a, a function at the table, alignment's fine, if it doesn't have a function get rid of it, simple as that, you know, neutrality is whatever you wish it to mean, um, on the real world I would say uh, psychopaths probably aren't evil, I think they lack the capacity for evil in that they, they do not fear, understand fear or emotions or empathy so it's not really their fault um on the other hand perhaps sociopaths are evil because they they see uh good and bad but they choose uh whatever benefits them uh or their friends or society their, their society their group so that's something to think about um but otherwise yeah keep keep up the good work man uh, it's nice to hear you uh trundling on and uh good luck with the game all right cheers man bye-bye just another point, yeah. I think it was Arendt who wrote The Banality of Evil, where she discussed the uh, Nuremberg trials and came to the conclusion that it was the uh, just a sort of ordinary, everyday, n normal people that uh, allowed um, the Holocaust to happen. And it wasn't anything sort of uh, innately evil about the German people or even um, the ideology. Uh, most people didn't really buy into it. In fact, I had a friend whose grandfather was a 
was an SS officer and he bought into it because, you know, that's the way to get ahead in the country at the time. Um, and so it's that kind of thinking that um, has the seeds of evil in it, really. Um, nothing otherworldly or, or psychopathic. Just my thoughts on the matter anyway. Thanks, Rob. That was really, really interesting. I want to pick up on your thoughts about psychopath versus sociopath and how you don't consider the psychopath to be evil because it's not their fault. Now, I think it's helpful to just crudely break down the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. In many ways, a psychopath is a sociopath with the fundamental difference being that there is a genetic element to it. A psychopath is essentially born as a psychopath, but their upbringing will exacerbate that and possibly be the difference of whether they grow up to be a psychopath that can integrate with the world quite successfully or the sort of psychopath that would ordinarily spring to mind when one thinks of a psychopath. A sociopath, on the other hand, is very much a product of their environment. And in light of that fact, does that make it more their fault that they are the way they are? I don't know. That strikes me as a strange way to look at it, I guess. Because in talking like this, I don't want to suggest that personal responsibility is removed from the equation. You think about the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath and how they approach the world as an adult. A sociopath is someone who wants love connection attention they want these things but they don't know how to get them and i imagine such an existence is a very tortured one a psychopath on the other hand is very much detached from all that and in many ways they're free to live their life exactly as they wish to live their life and I, I, I struggle to kind of apportion evilness out between those two positions. Um, yeah, I'm struggling there. I just wanted to reiterate that that is quite a clumsy explanation and that somebody who has the genetic makeup required for them to qualify as a psychopath yet is a for want of a better term adequately functioning member of society would never be diagnosed as a psychopath and i also would like to add the caveat that my training in psychotherapy and counseling i was not in the business of diagnosing mental health disorders the work I was involved in was about connecting with the person in front of me quite often they would arrive 
with a diagnosis. Sometimes that made sense to them and was helpful. Sometimes it didn't. But as a counsellor, that kind of clinical stuff would be set aside because I am there to hopefully create a meaningful relationship, a connection with that person. Now, Rob mentions Hannah Arendt there and the banality of evil. Now, um, anyone not familiar with Hannah Arendt? She was a political philosopher and she attended the trial of Otto Eichmann, a lieutenant colonel in the SS, who is basically responsible for organising the Holocaust of World War Two. Her conclusions on witnessing the trial was that Eichmann was not a fanatic. He wasn't a sociopath. He was, in fact, disturbingly ordinary. Eichmann himself believed he wasn't just following orders. He was doing his duty and he was obeying the law. But he was able to do what he did because he relinquished responsibility. He used euphemistic language to create distance, a level of detachment to make what he was involved in more palatable. And it's very difficult to consider these people were not fanatics. They weren't less than human. The true horror is that this was not the result of evil, but this was the result of complacency. Where does that leave us? I don't know. It certainly got me uh, regretting that I referred to myself as a complacent cold fish in the last episode. And perhaps even more of what we consider evil might not be. But uh, yeah, thanks for leaving me with that unsettling thought, Rob. Cheers. Hey there, Spencer. It's lonely. You dog. Congratulations on the baby. Uh, I occasionally express to my wife that wouldn't it be nice to have another child and well, she just looks at me like I'm crazy. So uh, I'll have to live vicariously through you on that one. Uh, Although my daughter's a bit older than uh, yours. She's just turned 20 last week. So that'd be a big, big gap. Um, But yeah, uh, I'm envious. You're going to have some good times. You're going to have a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of dirty diapers, but it's going to be a good time. Uh, otherwise, just enjoying the show, the conversation on alignment and all that. Lots of fun, but I want to just call in and congratulate you. Have a good one. Thank you very much, Lonely. Lonely there from Camping with Our Bears. Thank you for your kind words and encouragement. Um, a 20-year-old daughter, I Well, I think you probably had the better plan there. I mean, I'm literally hours away from being 50 and I've got 
a newborn baby on the way. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how envious you should be. I've certainly never been one for doing things in a conventional manner, despite having put so much effort into trying to appear normal, at the very least. Um, But thank you very much for that. Cheers. Spencer, Andy here from Loco Ludus. Um, yeah, I I don't know who I am anymore. Um, but I guess that just comes to the territory. I think when you hang out with people like um, Barney and Colin and yourself, you know, the the boundary between reality and fantasy just just blurs a bit too much. Yeah, so, um, no, I wanted to call in because uh, I've been really enjoying your recent episodes and I, and, I, um, and I also wanted to say, I don't know if I have, I can't remember if I have or not, but just to thank you again for playing Milton Bly in Watchers. I, I think it's the most amusing game I've ever run and that's down to you guys. Um, I'd like to see a bit more of Milton, but um, I guess timing isn't great, is it? Um, I hope you at least show up for the first session. You know, and, um, yeah, maybe if you just show up for that first session. And something that that Barney said on one of his messages did make me... did give me pause for thought. Um, I probably need to be a bit more lethal, don't I, with, uh, with, with you lot in, in the Cthulhu games. I mean, frankly, no one went indefinitely insane and no one died in that whole adventure i mean what kind of a cool cthulhu adventure is that i suppose you'll be wanting your money back um i'll do what i can in that first session if that's the only session you show up for i'll do what i can but you know second kid you know how that goes you don't even that's no work at all you don't even bother just just stick him in the room stick in the room with the other one they'll be fine you don't need need to bother with any of this getting up every three hours to feed them nonsense you know you know that that didn't actually do anything beneficial it was just a just gave you sleepless nights all right mate thank you very much arnie dickman Uh, sorry um uh, Andy Andy Goodman, there we go, of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Now, yes, a lot to address there. Um, firstly, we were hoping to have played the first session of that new adventure. Unfortunately, Andy is, uh, well, due to the fires out in uh, California, Andy um, had to prepare for evacuation on the night that we were hoping to play. By the sounds of it, they narrowly avoided having to do that. But uh, best of luck out there, and I hope you're all safe and well. Sounds like poor old Milton Blythe is facing the chopping block, and the fact that you don't think I'm going to be back for a second session suggests that what you said about having a second child well, I've heard uh, quite a bit of that recently. Um, oh, yeah, having a second one isn't anything like the first. Oh, it's so much easier now they've got someone to play with and all this sort of stuff. I must say, I've heard that generally from people who have three children already. And um, personally, I think that they are just trying to get their own back for having made 
that choice regarding their family planning. So I'm not sure I'll buy into that just yet, but I will keep you posted. Thank you for your kind words about um, you know, me playing in your game. I've got to say, I've got a great supporting cast there who uh, I could not have done any of that without. <laughs> Although I would say I'm probably, if we're going to keep with the last of the summer wine theme, I would say I'm very much the Peter Salis of the group, which might suggest that I could last longer than all the others, but you've already got your sights set on me. But however long I last, I'm sure it will be an absolute blast. And uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure being able to play with you all. So thanks very much. Well, that's about enough from me, I think. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your calls. If you want to leave me a message, please contact me via the anchor link in the description. You can always email me or leave me an audio message at spencer.freeforall at gmail.com. There's a Facebook page for Keep Off the Borderlands. You can find me on Twitter and MeWe on the Audio Dungeon Discord and various other places on Discord as Free Thrall. I'd also like to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music he provides. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.